ladies and gentlemen back for the hat trick time with us his third time on the show this man is truly one of my favorite guests to have on the show humble guy buffalo sabers draft pick absolute beauty former london knight lots of time in the ohl his podcast the sheriff podcast has exploded lately let's welcome to the show good friend of hatrick hockey our boy sheriff sean mcmorrow sean what's up brother Woo! not too much boys i'm just happy to be on your guys show like i'm honestly like i've I've, I've been wanting to come back for a long time, so I, I don't know if there's some animosity between us or not, gentlemen, but I'm happy to be back now. <laughs> I'm just joking, boys. I'm all fired up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Dude, so you've been crazy busy lately, man. Yeah, man. I, uh, To be honest, guys, like, I love what I do, but, like, I'm so eager to get a job. Like, and I mean, like, like a regular career job. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I'm looking to be a sports broadcaster, hopefully for one of the major networks, but I'll grind it out and do a minor network first if I have to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just about to kind of apply to be doing that. So not only am I doing my show, but I'm also really trying to network as much as I can. I'm trying to be on my favorite shows. That's why I'm on this show right now. Love it. Before I try to get in that door. So yeah, man, I, I've been busy, and, and the Carnegie Initiative um, was this past weekend in Toronto, and, and I was a big part of that, so it, it, it's, been, it's been great. It's been great the last few weeks, gentlemen. I love it, man. Also, would love to uh, wish Mr. McMorrow a happy belated birthday, anyone mm -hmm. listening. Uh, he had his birthday this, uh, this past week, and uh, what, what do we say? Uh, 40 years young, right? 41 yeah, years no, ago. that's right, man. And and you know what? I appreciate that. Um, I am a Capricorn baby, you know, right on the cusp of Aquarius on the January the 19th there. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 41 now, gentlemen. But, you know, I I still have a kid's mind and and, and I think I have a lot more to go. Mm -hmm. Dude, <laughs> right I've, I've been following you like I obviously I follow all your stuff, right? So like just like i'm seeing you everywhere like you've completely exploded like chicklets man i was waiting for you forever to be on spitting chicklets like i've messaged them before too and i'm like you got to get sean mcmorrow you got to get john nasty morasty you got to get like you know what i mean and they never and then when i seen when you popped up or they posted a thing on their page and it said tomorrow i think and it had your photo i was like yes like it finally happened man and i listened to it at work what an interview so how did all of that freaking come about and stuff like that because you've exploded dude well i well first of all I, I appreciate you saying that dude especially coming from from you from from your show um okay so yeah no this is a great question and I, i'm obviously i'm i'm very happy to answer it because it was a great experience for me so me and biz are only three years apart like i i'm a 1982 birth date uh, Biz Nasty, I believe, is in 85, I believe. Could be an 86, maybe. So we're three, four years apart. I was just getting out of the OHL as he was coming in. So the advantage for me with Biz Nasty is that it was right at the end of my OHL career. I was being touted as, you know, one of the tougher guys in the league. Now, here is Bis little Bissonette as a rookie, you know, and fair enough, he was a rookie, so he's not expected to be in the top in the in the top echelon. He was scared, pretty much shitless of me, <laughs> right? And like guys on his team would tell him, "Man, just just don't say anything to this guy." And he actually said that on the show. He told that story. So I think I had like a little bit of a respect from him off the get go. And then I we've always been on good terms. And then. I had Michael Fuda on my show who coached Bissonette in the OHL and Fuda's like, Mac, we got to get you on, on Chicklets, man. Just like how you were, right? Mm -hmm. We got to get you on there, Mac. I can't wait to see you on there. I'm like, well, let's get me on there. And he's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give Bissonette a call. I'm going to give him your number and, and he knows you. So I think he'll be up for it. So that's exactly what happened. Mike Fuda gave Paul Bissonette my number and he called me and said, hey, we'd like to have you on the show. And I, I was ecstatic because I'm, I'm a huge Chicklets fan, man. I'm a big fan of the game, like not just a former player. You know that. I'm just like you guys. I'm a huge fan too, right? So it was such an honor. And to be honest with you, 
I had such an advantage because Mr. Cabral Richards, cabbie on, AKA cabbie on the streets, he was my guest in studio the same night at seven o'clock. At eight o'clock, I had the Chicklets interview. No. So I was able to stay in my own studio. I was so fired up from the cabbie show. And then, and then it just kind of just flowed right, right into the Chicklets interview. Like I was already pumped up, didn't have to warm up. Didn't really have too much butterflies because I just finished my own show. So it was just like perfect timing, gentlemen. And I was in such a good mood. And I think I think they gave me a couple more coffees and I was just <laughs> able to keep it going. And, um, and yeah, I just, um, the only thing that I'd say is because it was such a big interview, right? It's such on another level is the next time I do something like that at that level, I'm going to have to write down some names to mention because man did i ever forget to mention some names right I, I i did my best but next time i'm gonna write down a list so i can remember it because it's such a great opportunity uh once you're on that big of a stage and then you mentioned yes. these guys right here yeah no <laughs> you know what exactly man no but exactly and, and you know what it would have been a great little little story to tell them that when i was on your show that we were talking about you guys helping me get on there right like and, mm. like and then to them it's it's kind of cool because we're kind of you know we're pumping their tires or whatever right they like yeah. to hear that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and but it's a true story and and yeah i would have loved to have remembered that dude but i was just <laughs> so, so nervous and pumped up there was just no way so yeah next time i'm gonna write down some notes but but yeah it was um it was a really cool experience got to do it at bottom line where i do all my shows and um i think just the comfort of the setting I think I, it was one of my better interviews, I would say, I, like that I was able to pull off. So, um, yeah, it, it was great, man. It was fantastic. That's awesome. So, yeah. obviously, uh, you're a very well-spoken person, and you've got right. plenty of experience with you. What, what drove you uh, alongside that to get into uh, podcasting? Tell us about that, your journey into growing the show where it is. Right on. So, great question, buddy. So, I, um, like... When I was playing, like I like I kind of figured out at an early age that it was just a really smart idea to do um, off ice promotions and appearances, right? And like obviously that's how I was able to get those AHL Man of the Year awards because I was doing that. But but aside from all that, what I learned, like what Sean learned by doing all those things, is what I kind of figured out what my passions were and what my real interests were which is, for example, being in front of the camera, talking in front of big crowds, being the medium kind of in general, right? That's what I figured out what I really like. Because, you know, like growing up, especially in Canada, like, you know, you're playing hockey and, you know, it's hockey, 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 hockey. And then, you know, you might be asked once in a while, well, if hockey doesn't work out, what else are you interested in, yeah. right? And a lot of the kids will be like, um, I don't know, maybe coaching hockey or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he'll, yep. but, but, but for me, I realized in pro, not even in growing up, but in pro, I realized that it, it's really the media that I want to get into because I like being the medium and, and there's a lot of different reasons why. So with the podcast, man, what happened was I was a guest just like right now on a show called Enforcer's Corner which was hosted by a gentleman named Kyle Warner. And he's out of like the New Jersey Philly area. Now, big fan of AHL tough guys. And, you know, I, I guess when I played against the Phantoms back in the day, him and his dad saw a couple games and I, I think I tossed them a puck or something. And right. you know what I mean? And so, so when he asked me to be on his show, you know, I was, I was honored and, and we had a great show. I was telling them, you know, I, I, I kind of have an interest in maybe starting my own podcast. And, you know, that came up during the show. And then, you know, we there was small talk and then we moved on to a next subject. So he releases our episode a couple days later, calls me up and says, hey, man, you know, all that stuff you were talking about starting your own show. He's like, why don't we do that together? He's like, I already have my show. So I already know, you know, how to upload the Spotify. I, I can edit. I, I can be the tech guy, you could be the player, and we can make it work. And I was like, yeah, man, that's awesome. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, well, well, what are we going to call it? He's like, we're going to call it the Sheriff Podcast. So it was even Kyle's idea, like the name and everything. Was like, well, you know, you call yourself the Sheriff, it's called the Sheriff Podcast. And, and so it was great. And me and Kyle are, are good buddies, but he has a young son and, and, and the commitment was just too much for him. And 
and, and it was just best that we kind of parted ways, but we're still good buddies. And he, he taught me how to do everything, how to do the intros. Like I think the first 50 or 60 episodes are me and Kyle. And then I've done about 160 now. And after 60, so the last like 100 episodes have just been me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Last wow. 30, I think, 20, 30 have been in the studio. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dude, it's been quite the journey. I'm shocked you haven't done any work on like on with the with the like London Knights and stuff. Like I'm surprised well, you haven't done any work with them. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, there's, I mean, you, you could say that six times over, my friend. I was a little bit of a suitcase in junior. <laughs> That's okay though. Like, I know example, that. I know you played for like five or six teams. No, no, I know short stints with with a bunch of them, right? But 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 for example, no, that's a great question. And to be honest with you, I actually have thought outside the box like that already with the Kitchener Rangers. Mm-hmm. And my brother-in-law is actually the one that, that set it up. Last season, um, me and my brother-in-law went to a Kitchener Rangers game. Um, I'm alumni there because I played the second half of my first year in the OHL there before I got traded to Mississauga. But it was a really good experience. I got along with everybody there and for some reason like Kitchener's just been like uh like really important even though I was there for such a short stint and anyway so we went to the game and I was like an honorary member they they like gave us tickets but then I also um during during the intermissions I was on like the like the TV team mm-hmm. and like and like they they interviewed me I talked for a little bit and it, it was it was Rogers TV um, Kitchener Rangers, OHL Rogers. I'm not really sure like what that exact outlet was, but it was a really cool experience because I'm interested in not, like you know doing stuff like that. Like yeah. not everyone just jumps right to Sports Center Ken Reed's desk, right? So right. you know you may have to do uh, other stuff along the way, and that's something that you know working for Toronto Marlies TV, Oshawa Generals TV, you know Kitchener Rangers TV. Um, London nights, man. I'd love to go to London, spend a night there, you know, chat with their TV guys and, and, and do all that. And, and I'd actually love, love to work for London one day because they're such a thriving business too. And I'm sure that's what you were referring to, right? Yeah, of course. Like just like in general working yeah. with the London. Yeah, nights. man, you should. Yeah, bro. Hey, yeah. I was, I was saying to actually Tristan, Mike's one of their old school jerseys. And I was like, and I was saying, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that they wore those jerseys when Sean played there. Which which one the was Spider-Man it? The Spider-Man ones? Yeah, the yeah. spider Knight. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, that's what they wore when I was there. I was there the final years of the Ice House. So it was before the Labatt Center. To be honest with you, I've never seen the Labatt Center. I don't even think it's called the Labatt Center anymore. They called it that when they first opened the arena. The, the arena in London, I've yeah. never been to the new arena. Because <laughs> I, I just like, I played in the Ice House and then... I've been through London, but I've never been to a game. Isn't it Budweiser? Budweiser Gardens, I think. No. Yeah. It's called what? TD? Budweiser Gardens. Budweiser Gardens. Right on. Yeah. It's called the Labatt Center right off the hop. I guess that was obviously the, 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 the big money people in the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, man, they, uh, that's quite the business they have there, man, with the fans they get there and, you know, they get, they get crowds that are bigger than AHL, east coast teams and you know everybody knows what the salaries are of the ohl players like most players make 50 bucks a week and you know obviously they're billeted with land parents but um it's quite the business if you're an owner of, of a team like that because you know the ahl guys are making 100 grand i know the nhl helps with the salary but i mean there's got to be quite the profit there when you're paying players 50 bucks a week and getting 10 grand on a friday night right <laughs> Big time. that's Very great good, man, man. I love the hunters too, man. So I'm happy that they did so well. I'm I'm a hunter guy through and through, man. Yeah. They're, they're tough nuts themselves. eh? But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, while we're, while we're talking about junior, I'm just curious, what's your favorite memory? Like playing any, any one of your years in the OHL there between 99 to 02. Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, junior, junior was such a cool time for me. Like, just, it was it was only like it seemed like it seems like it was like 10 years because of all the teams and stuff <laughs> but it was it was only three years and there was so much that happened and it was so different from the beginning to the end you know what I'm saying like I I came into the league as a as a stay-at-home de- big defenseman mm. you know pretty high draft pick like you know what I'm saying and then 
and, and then I ended up figuring out that I had to be a winger if I wanted to play in the NHL, right? So then I, so then it became like, because like my last year I hadn't scored yet, right? Yeah. So it was such a big deal that I hadn't scored yet. But, but the reality is, is that for almost all that time I, w- I was playing defense. So it didn't really matter. Like I was a stay-at-home team, big D-man, right? Yeah. You no. Know? And I finally scored and, and then I got a hat trick against the Peterborough Peets. And what? you know what I mean? Things really started changing for me, man. Like I, I was one of those guys that was just getting the tap from Mark or Dale Hunter to mm. go out there and scrap to a guy that's playing on the power play. You know, I, I was only on the third line, but I was getting a regular shift playing on the power play. You know, we, for Oshawa, my final year, we played Jason Spezza and, and the Belleville Bulls in the first round of the playoffs, right? We won the first game. Who scored the G-dub? Oh. Sean McMorrow. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I had, I had like, like the, and again, these numbers are very modest. It's not, they're not a big deal. But to a guy, it took him two and a half years to score. Yeah. I had seven goals in the last 20 games of the season, right? So like, you know, one of those games I had three, but I mean, for me, it's like to have a goal every few games is pretty cool, right? That's awesome. So, so that was happening. And then and then we play Spezza and Belleville, and I score the winner. And it was in overtime, I think. So, like, I had so much confidence at that time. And then, of course, a couple months later, I ended up signing my entry level with Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. So it was such a great time for me, especially that third year with Oshawa when I started getting points. You know, then I signed my entry level you know, finally have money in my account. I remember buying a vehicle, going to my first training camp. Like, it's different. When you go to a training camp before you sign, it's completely different than going to a training camp when, when you have money in your account and you're actually expected to play at least for the AHL team. Mm-hmm. It gets completely different. So that that whole time period, like 20 to 21, my last year OHL and my first year pro, it was such a cool time. Like, remember, I got called up my first year too, right? So within a year of me like getting the hat trick, I called up, played against the Toronto Maple Leafs as a as a diehard Leaf fan growing up as a kid. Really, really cool times, dude. I'm I'm really glad you asked that question. Man. Oh yeah, I bet that's <laughs> awesome. What yeah. uh, what kind of freaking car did you buy? Okay, so now you got to remember, I'm I'm an eighth round pick. Okay, <laughs> only a seventy five thousand dollars signing oh, I bonus, know. I'm right? Just asking. So I kept it modest, but I'm a, I'm a big Jeep guy, though. I'm a big Jeep guy, so so I got a Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited, Limited, mm. Limited. I like okay? your style. Limited. Right on. Yeah, black, same here. Black. Um, I think it was black leather as well. What year was it? Like I, I think it was like this was in this was in O two, and I think it was like an O one or something. So like it was, you know what I mean? It was or, or whatever, whichever way that makes sense. It was only a year old. I was gonna say you, I was oh. waiting. I was like, this better, it better not be a fucking foreign make. If it is, that's it. Show show's no, no, over. No. Fucking, we're done. <laughs> Jeep Chrysler, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Lay actually on. work for well, Chrysler. It used to be. Now I'm down here and I build minivans that's what i do down here i work in in the right on. in windsor that's yeah, cool it's, dude it's a yeah it's a great time yeah well other than well, <laughs> other than other than oshawa isn't windsor the biggest like gm hub obviously because or, well it's just kind well, of you guys a, are right by detroit right yeah so, it's like right. a automotive hub yeah because we yeah, have the, the whole area yeah yeah, yeah. we got uh jeep plan i believe over in the states and stuff like that like just across the border so yeah we're, we we kind of were a uh, like automotive hub i should yeah, say years years ago gm was really big they would yeah. have been our biggest probably 40 years ago they've okay, since right so are out you, like, but are you in windsor too tristan yeah i live just outside of windsor in a small town called essex so right yeah on, bro. him yeah, and i right live on. about three blocks from each other yeah Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, Windsor's yeah. a tough town, man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Hey, how did all that when you like hosted the like hockey fight thing and all that? How did all that come about? Ice Wars. So yeah. Um, when when the when AJ Galante had his had when the Danbury Trashers had that Netflix mm-hmm. documentary come out, I was so lucky because 
I don't know how. It was just great timing. When when we got in contact with AJ, which was right after the Canadian release, we were able to connect with him. He he just must have been able, he must have had like a window of time. We called at that time, got through, asked him if he'd come on the show. And and he must have known that he was going to try to build it up and go on a bunch of shows. So he just said yes. And then, boom, we recorded the next day. And I think we were the first ones, like before Chicklets and all of them, that actually got AJ. So we established the relationship from that point. And then AJ, with others, are, is the one that, that created Ice Wars. Oh, okay. Right? Was, uh, so I so AJ contacted me and asked if I'd be interested in, in possibly being the host. Right. And then, so of course I said, yes. <laughs> and, um, not only have, have had, I had not ever like done anything like that before, but I was the host, I was the ring announcer and I was the MC all for the first time for each role and da, 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 pay-per-view. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah awesome. We're going to throw a pay-per-view in down <laughs> there as well. So you win it all. You get to do them all for the first time. So, I mean, it was incredible, man. I, it was so nerve wracking. I've never talked this slow in my life in, in the beginning, like when I first started, cause I was just, I just couldn't get River Cree resorting casino wrong. Cause I remember I was doing videos on my phone like, before the event and I was saying like river crest, like, weird things like that. And I'm like, dude, when I'm live, if I screw up. Yeah, screw it on straight here, Sean. <laughs> so I was like, super slow, but I, but I nailed every word. And then every minute of the event, I got more comfortable and got better. You know what I mean? So by the end I was super comfortable and I was like, you know, doing stuff and actually having fun with it. But man, I was, I was sweating big time, man. In that intro. <laughs> I was gonna say, That's we, awesome. We, we had um, AJ on here uh, a while back too, man. He, the yeah. story is crazy. It's a crazy. Yeah, you guys got him right away too, didn't you? Yeah. Like, like pretty close to like the beginning of it all, right? It was you. <laughs> yeah. That's how I roll, buddy. Yeah, bro. No, I remember that, man. I remember seeing you guys. Like, I think, yeah, you think, let's say it's like the same same week or whatever. Yeah, it was close. Very impressive. How, how did you like him? He was an awesome guy. Yeah. I loved having him. Yeah. Beauty. The story so with, with your uh like broadcasting skills that you developed and ever like since getting into this line of work, uh you do you feel that you have what it takes right now to move into uh like mainstream broadcasting? I know you said sometimes you have to start down lower in the ranks, but do you feel yeah. you can make that jump right to pro? Well, see, I thought I was ready in 2016 <laughs> when i when i first retired um ken reed my buddy from sportsnet um he has this book it's called one night only and it, it's about players that played one regular season game and you know it might be like a first rounder that was a bust or it might be an eighth rounder like me that you know was able to play a game that it was unlikely that he'd do it or so it's a pretty cool it's a it's pretty it's a very cool book Don Cherry's another guy that just played one game. So there's there's a couple of people in there, um, including myself. And, you know, I was part of the book. I got interviewed by him. At the end of the interview, this is when I was playing my last year in Quebec. He's like, hey, you know, you come to Toronto when you're done playing, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, why don't you come into the studio at Sportsnet? Um, I'll give you a tour so you can check it all out. He's like, Sean, I think you'd be a great NHL analyst, buddy. And this is back in 2016, okay? So he's like, he's like, um, I can set you up with the interview process because I know that they'll approve it. So just call me when you get into town and we'll do it. So so we ended up doing it, the 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 the, the tour. He set me up for the interview for September the first, okay. I decided not to go back to Quebec. I was like, you know what? This is my calling. You know, I got the gift of gab. I'm a former player. I can do all this broadcasting stuff. No problem. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I thought. And although I think I may have done okay, that was at the same time that um, Sportsnet made all the cutbacks 
It was it was shortly after Sportsnet had bought Hockey Night in Canada off CBC, and they had guys like George Stropolopoulos as the host, and their TV ratings went really bad. And then they made a decision two weeks after my interview that they were going to do a major cutbacks, and, and they fired like nine guys that were like high-profile guys in the hockey department. Mm. Um, and it was just really bad timing for me to be thinking I was going to get that job. And I hadn't trained at all in the summer. Like I told my team I wasn't coming back. And I actually, it's interesting that we're getting into this because it, it's been um, a topic of conversation lately a lot with the guys that have lost their lives. But when Ken Reed called me, you know, a couple days after all the firings and he's like, hey, Sean, I'm sure you've seen everything that's happened. You know, obviously they're not going to be hiring right now, but, you know, I, I don't want you to give up on the dream. You know, try to stay in town. Something might pop up, whatever, whatever. That year, man, I spiraled into a really, really bad place because mm. I wasn't playing hockey. I didn't get this job that I told everybody I was going to get. And I really started kind of using drugs a lot. I was drinking a bit. Never became a big drinker, but the drugs I was got deep into it and um, really spiraled into a bad, bad place, man. And, um, you know, when I was able to get this opportunity with the podcast, it kind of brought back um, the joy in things again that I was missing from hockey. You guys know, man, having some of these conversations with these players like it brings back and then and then certain topics that you get into. And like, even if like you haven't really thought of it for a long time and it just came up in the show, sometimes it brings stuff like like it really it, it's like therapy for the hosts. Mm. I think I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Like I get through some shows, man, where I feel so much better after and, and like none of it, none of it was for me. It was all about the guests, man, but just things that we hit. Right. And I think with the team camaraderie and the fact that, you know, I was doing this sheriff character and, had, and, and did this and did that and did this, like, I miss all that stuff, man. And I'm able to kind of address some of it, you know, through the show. And so I think that's the beauty of it. I think it brings out the best of us, man, especially now that how you guys are saying how you're enjoying it so much more now. Mm -hmm. I think that brings out the best in us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we don't even mean to show it. No, mm -hmm. you're 100 percent right and sometimes yeah, by you having know what man i'm sorry i didn't even answer your question man oh so, that's all right so listen so so yeah so in 2016 i, I would have answered if you had asked me the same question i'd have been like yeah man i could just i could tonight i'll do sports center tonight i'll just i'll just walk into the studio but no i wasn't ready there were so many things i had to learn and to be honest with you i've worked so hard the last year and a half to learn so many things i've talked on a few panels i've done a bunch of public appearances um, my last 20 or so episodes have been in the studio, live recordings, a whole other skill set. And I believe right now that I'm ready to be a rookie in the big leagues. Okay. I know I won't be the best, but I believe that I'm just at the point now where I've just been, I, I, I've experienced so much, especially doing this bottom line studio, that I'm ready to do it. I just need to learn from the best now and, mm -hmm. and work with them. And that's why I've tried to have guys like, like I had Ken Reed on my show. I've had Michael Fuda on my show. Um, not in studio, but Sam Constantino, um, Cabby I've had in the studio. I try to get, I've, I've been trying to get Anthony Stewart so badly, but the guy's so oh. busy. I'm trying to get these guys so I'm side by side with them so that people can see, hey, these guys get along pretty well. Hey, they sound pretty good. You know, I this one guy said he's really looking for a job. Uh, maybe one plus one equals two. And maybe this guy needs to be given a shot. And, and you know, like I'm trying to make it like that, right? So yeah. um, I'm I'm putting it all out there like how you guys do. And, and, and we risk it all for the good content and, and, and for good entertainment. And, and that's what I'm all about. I'm just like you guys, man. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> and you know what? You're you're 100% right when it comes to... Uh having people on and the, the idea of it being therapeutic for both the listener and the hoster. And sometimes even uh, knowing that you made someone's day, right? Some of these guys, they play minor hockey, like, and they play, you know, junior C, junior B, and it, it means a lot to them, especially if maybe they're having a bad day or they're in a rough spot, right? Uh, oh, yeah. You never know. A lot of stuff uh, goes on behind the scenes and uh, 
it's it feels good that you just uh you can leave someone with a, a good feeling in their heart as they go out into the rest of their life mm-hmm. right on. no i i do and gentlemen just because i have it fresh in my mind um i know in toronto we're we're you know geographically close to buffalo right there's a lot of broken hearts in the toronto area because the buffalo bills um lost that playoff game is that is it the same kind of or are you guys kind of like Detroit Lions type of dudes? Or I'm a Lions guy. I'm. You're I like. So that's uh, how it is, though, for the Windsor faithful. Like you guys are Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lions it's students. like Lions. Some well, when it comes to like hockey, it's kind of a mixture. It's like Wings and Leafs, pretty much down in this area. Some Habs yeah. too. Some Habs, but Habs, it's, yeah. it's 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 like mainly like Wings and Leafs, right? Because everything's right here, and while you while the Leafs are just a shot up to like four hundred one, so. Yeah, right. it's not. I don't know. It's not too bad, but I just like the rivalries and uh, you know what I mean. Two original yeah. six teams, and I like. I I love that stuff. I love just. I don't know. It's. I just love chirping Leafs fans too. To be honest, yeah. What did you <laughs> think of the Lucic fight last night? Oh my! That was amazing. Yeah. Luch. Yeah. Center ice. Slugfest. What's been going on with him this year? Like, has he been healthy scratch or has he been injured? What's going on with Lucic, man? He hasn't been playing all the games. I want to say he was injured at the start of the year. Okay. And then and then he he got health bombed a couple times. Yeah, right. But, but yeah. he's been in the lineup uh as a mainstay pretty much most of the year when but I think it was just a couple of times they had a rookie up from the AHL and he was okay. the odd man out. So Really, eh? Cuz I yeah. know that I remember when they were playing Montreal that Wi-Fi yeah, he was, you know, like or or no, no, it wasn't even Wi-Fi. It was another player on Montreal that had a crazy like square up center ice fight, and but then he celebrated after, and people were like, "Oh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't celebrate if Lucic was in the lineup." And they're like, "Well, then put Lucic in the lineup then, <laughs> right. right?" And I think that's when he was being healthy scratched, right? Yeah, and like, but that's what happens. You know, you hold your big guy out of the lineup you know, to try to send a message or whatever. And then the next game is when everything's wild and you just wish he was in there. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't they just keep him in there. But, oh. but, but yeah, no, I, the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I've just, I've seen a, a, a few good tilts lately, like uh, uh, Felino and Simmons yeah, uh, last week. Right? And um, yeah, man, like, 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 like it, it seems like things are heating up a little bit in the NHL. Like, you know, this is, this is around the time that, you know, that the rivalries kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, come to light. I guess you could say mm-hmm. teams yeah. have played each other enough times for some stuff to be going on now, right? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that uh, Wi-Fi Arbor Jack guy, he's really brought fighting back into the game. Like, yeah. he's already got five or six this year. Like, yeah. he's been throwing. Yeah. And the thing with him is, I get we were talking about Kitchener earlier. Um, mm-hmm. This guy played for the Kitchener Rangers, man. I've seen some videos of him, and the guy was like. I mean, obviously, he's a he was an incredible player in junior. If he's a player in the NHL, right? But how tough he is! You can imagine how tough he was at the junior level. And I've seen some videos of him just manhandling guys, and but then scoring a hat trick in the same game. And man, he must have been he must have been an interesting guy to watch in junior. Man, he must have been dominating. Mm-hmm. He's doing really well, really well yeah. in the show. What was he's, crazy too is like a year and a half ago he was working at fucking. Costco. Yeah, now yeah, he's like playing in the NHL. Too. Like it's crazy, man. Yeah, buddy. I yeah. Like I, and you know what? Like I know some stories get pumped up and stuff, but 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 I think this one's like Legit. pretty like <laughs> on point, like for mm-hmm. what it is. I think it's like really true. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's a very cool story. Hey, well, you, yeah, uh, he's sorry. Oh, go ahead, no, no, Tris, go ahead. Because I was, well, I was just gonna say, like he's he seems to be getting better the more his career goes on. Like he never yeah. really put up crazy points in junior. He was a stay-at-home guy for them, and yeah. he played Hamilton. I think he got, yeah, he went and got a championship. I think with Hamilton, and then came to the NHL, and now he's getting power play time yeah. with Montreal. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's good to see. Now's yeah, some guys, man, they, their ceilings, they just keep moving, right? And, like, mm-hmm. man, he's he, – he's Montreal's going to have such a good team. It's too bad. I think Colfield just – they just announced he's he's done for the year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Montreal, I mean, they look good. Their record's not, but they got the good core. You know, they, I think they'll be all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I'm so not a Habs fan, but – No. <laughs> no. Hey, um, so 
bottom line is where you record and stuff now, right? How did everything come about with them? Yeah, so with bottom line, uh, Mr. Kerry Goulet, who has Gooch Live, um, he has a he has had a longstanding relationship um, with the owner at Bottom Line, and so he was the first show that was in there, and I was a again I was a guest on Gooch Live. And so I went in there and, you know, I, I came a little bit early. So we chatted a little bit before and then, and then we did the show. It went really well. The owner was kind of watching and listening. They were, I guess they were looking for another show to come in and kind of fill some time. And I was just the winner of that. I, I was, I, it was right place at the right time. And then they just said that they wanted to sponsor me, um, that they wanted me to do all my recordings from there. And that, um, and that, yeah, that, that I was part of the Bottom Line family. They called it the Locker Room Studio at Bottom Line. Um, and Perry Goulet got a head coaching job at the, at the, the, the top league in Australia. So he's taken off. So there's some changes going on at Bottom Line, but, I, but I'll still be recording there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, man, it, it's a great opportunity. It's such a nice little setup, guys. Like, it's like... Um, it's kind of like the the much music effect. Like you can see the show from outside walking on front street, which is one of the main drags in Toronto. And, um, and, and of course it's in a sports bar. So you're just at the bar. And then if you walk through a certain part of the bar, boom, you see the studio, it's built right into the, into the front part of the bar. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. We try to make it like a family atmosphere because we have a big VIP table that's right beside the studio. So it's like a pretty cool, like live audience. So we'll have that for like family and friends. And some of the guests like really get into it. They'll like bring a bunch of people and it's like a pretty big party, man. When, you know, we're having a, a really fun show at a sports bar with family and friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like how much more cool things can you kind of put together, right? So, um great experience uh i've kind of i have like a little bit of a tradition that like my mom drives me just to make it easier so i can kind of look at my notes don't have to worry about the crazy toronto traffic Uh, i guess that's my mom um you know i do group photos after so i usually have like you know my mom or my girlfriend in that photo so it's kind of cool like it you know it, it 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 brings me closer to family the show like i've always said that from since the beginning um and uh, and yeah, dude, it's um, it's it's blessed to have people on your side and be able to to work with well-minded people for sure. That's it. awesome. I love it. So now that uh, you're into the part of your life where you're you know you're done with professional hockey and now you're getting yeah. into the broadcasting portion of it, what do you do to stay in shape? Because I can see there's a bicep vein that looks like a snake in your arm there. What do you do to stay, <laughs> what do you do to stay well, in shape these days? Well, this is the secret, man. This is the secret. And I'll look the camera in the eye when I when I do it. Oh. Extra small t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, so Man, I have such an itch for the game that every single year I have teams that give me great deals like Laval and the LNH. They, they give me a great deal. You know, it's a certain deal in the beginning. And then I agree to it. I start getting all pumped up and all like doing, you know, jogging videos and like I'm Rocky. And, and, yeah. and to be honest with you, I, I was going to make a return this year to Laval. Um, the situation was, you know, they were going to fly me in and out and then it kind of changed to, that uh, they wanted me to stay there. And with me trying to get a job in Toronto, like I'm telling you guys, it, it just, it just wouldn't make sense for me. It's not that important for me to right. be playing in the LNAH as a 40 year old, like it'd be cool, but it's not that important to be putting everything else aside. If they, if they were going to fly me in and out for the whole season of the playoffs, that'd be different. But me having to stay there, it just didn't work out. But I was going to go. So I actually I was skating two, three times a week, buddy. And and I was going to the gym every single day. I'm still doing it, but I'm not like like it, it might not be. It, it might be two or three times a week instead of four or five right now. You know what I mean? But yeah. I was um I was going hard, man, because I was actually I was going to go and, and like, you know, like they have a couple tough guys there already, but. I was going to be a tough guy in Laval in the House of Pain, and I had to be prepared. So I, I hit the gym hard, man, and I'm still going. I'm more maintaining now, but uh, 
I was on a pretty good training resume, man. Regimen. That's awesome. So, like, are you still, do you still walk around at about the same weight or are you a little bit leaner now? You look more cut. I'm, I'm, I'm leaner. Okay. Um, my playing weight was about 230, 225-ish. Uh, right now, about 215. Right on. You look great, brother. I'm sorry, brother? I said you look great, brother. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate it, man. I'm... Uh, it's it, it, it's harder though man because i'm older now right and it's man it's it's man do i ever i get sore after those skates now and you know after those workouts like it's sometimes like the, the old men have to ice it down after <laughs> you guys are like young puppies you know you're thinking you're, you're hearing me say this and you're like ah screw this guy we don't have we have another 20 years so we have to worry about what he's saying <laughs> screw him but you know don't worry guys you, you guys are in your prime so you guys enjoy that man mm-hmm. right on thank you yeah we will Hey, talk to us about uh, about Seaside because I see you've been doing a lot of a lot of work there right now and everything. I love the work that you do there, by the way, with all that. So, can you kind of explain to us on what's going on with that? Yeah, so so Seaside is a program that just started last year. So this is the second year. Now, I wanted to jump into it last year, but it just you know I called Kirk the the founder Kirk Brooks a few times I'm like yeah man I want to come out I want to come out and then and then I didn't go when I said I was going to go and then it just felt weird like to start going towards the end of something mm-hmm. so I wanted to start fresh which I did this year so from the beginning um I've been going so now this is a program where they've gotten a grant from the government where if a kid wants to play hockey that he can play and he's provided equipment and there's no cost for registration and the way that we set it up is so so there's there's the the part of the year where everybody's getting fitted for the equipment um all the second year kids are getting bigger equipment and they get to bring back their stuff from last year um then of course the majority of the first year people are people that have never played before so then like there's this whole learn to skate program in the beginning where they they now have all their equipment they're not ready for hockey sticks yet um but they're going to go on the ice most of them are going to have like you know we we would use chairs back in the day now they have like all these like crazy little things that are like triangles that you push on and and um and then they get rid of those and then they're able to skate on their own and then they're able to get the stick and then they're able to start using pucks and it's a process, right? So then we split them up and, and split them into teams. And then so every Saturday we have practices. And so they'll be like the U six and sevens will be like one age group and the U eights and nines and then the U tens and elevens. And I think it goes up until 12. But there's there's a bunch of different age groups. Um they've all been given jerseys and we and we have all star an all-star team from every age group. But some of these kids, man, it, it's just just with their culture and their background, they just never got involved with hockey. But they're like superstar athletes. And now that they like, you should see these kids. Like these kids have better skates than I do, man. Like you know what I mean? They, they got. I mean, their kids skates, right? But they just they look nicer than mine. They're brand new skates, and they have every opportunity. That like you know, I mean, we we may have all struggled when we were younger, but these kids they wouldn't have been able to play if it wasn't for this program. Mm. So um, it's really cool to see a kid that never played hockey two months ago to a kid that's wheeling around the ice. And we have to tell him to slow down because we're trying to explain the next drill in practice, right? Like it's, it's, it's pretty cool stuff, man. So um, I've gotten my level one coaching. So I'm able to go behind the bench now. And what I was saying about those all-star teams is that we made an all-star team from each age group that's now playing exhibition games against like single and double A teams in Toronto. So they're getting smoked, but they're at least playing like a game, an official yeah. game. It's a double A team and it might be like a six, two game or something, but, but they're getting better and better. We're trying to find um, teams that, maybe are maybe not as good so it'll be more of a competitive game but these are all kids that didn't play like two months ago now they're playing against double a kids their own age right it, it, it's pretty cool and um and yeah they're, they've been entered into tournaments 
and every Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday is the practices and Sunday is they is more like scrimmages. And you know, the videos that I take are are a small justification of, of what actually goes on. And um and it's just really cool to see the progress. And then of course the most important thing is the kids having fun. So mm-hmm. I love that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's that's really cool great mm-hmm. to see you like how much you I can appreciate like giving back to the community, especially coming from a pro player. And I commend you on that. You never let being pro get to your head. Like you still give back to community in in numerous ways, clearly. And uh, that's, that's really good to see that you're grounded in your heart and what you believe in. So that's awesome. Yeah, dude. No, I appreciate you saying that. And like, just to add to it, the super, super cool thing, dude, is that the arenas that Seaside uses, those are the arenas that I started with. Like, Mm. Malvern Arena is where me and my brothers started house leagues, right? So that's the arena on the Sunday. Commanders on the Saturday. That's where I practice with Don Mills Flyers, my AAA team. So, yeah, man, like the grassroots for me is like real. So it's really cool to do what I'm doing from the standpoint of, yeah, I got to play X amount of years pro and now I'm going to my grassroots. But just as, as like a normal person, man, just being around and knowing that that's where I started, like it, it, it gives me a great feeling. So, so I, I'm glad that you guys asked me about that. So thank you. Yeah, of yeah, course. We're, we're kind of essentially doing like kind of trying to do the same thing around here type deal. Like we sponsor two minor hockey teams, the junior team in our town, we sponsor as well. We do a sweater sponsor there and wow. I have a buddy Lee who works for the Columbus um, jackets there. So every time he's home, we skate with teams Really, when, when he's home too. So we're t- essentially trying to do the same thing to give back to like minor hockey and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great guys, because I mean, it, it and it, it's important and it's going to help. And, you know, the fact that, you know, our sport is, is so difficult when it comes to the, to the pocket, like financially, any any bit of help is is good and and it could be the difference with a kid actually being able to play for a team and and be noticed and have a path to get to the next level so a lot of people don't don't think it's a big deal oh they got enough sponsorship they don't need it anyone that's able to sponsor please sponsor a hockey team just like Patrick hockey does because you know the, the kids need all the help they can man this is a hard sport financially to thrive in and every little bit helps too Mm-hmm. yes it does it sure does uh, I, I got a question sean so obviously uh your name sean mcmorrow good irish name uh, and you played for belfast yeah. how did you get that go about getting that dual citizenship i saw earlier today on elite prospects talk about that a bit okay so um it may not look like it but i'm actually i am half irish yeah now my my mother my mother is Irish. Okay. My father is from Trinidad and Tobago, right? Okay. Now his last name is Scipio. I was born Sean Scipio. So now this is this is this is cool because I usually I don't think I've talked about this little story. So this is like a little exclusive. So I was born Sean Scipio, and my mom's family's name is McMorrow. So when my parents got divorced when I was six years old, we were all in Vancouver because that's where my parents moved to start their lives. My mom moved us back to Toronto and she felt that it would be in our best interest and we would be most comfortable with all the McMorrows in Toronto, all my cousins, aunts, uncles, everyone's McMorrow, that if we got our names legally changed to McMorrow, that it would just be more comfortable for me, my brothers and sisters, me, me, my sister and my brothers, um, only one, only one sister. So, and she was right. And and we're we're very proud to be to have McMorrow. Like Scipio is still part of my name, but McMorrow's my last name on my license on my the back of my hockey jersey. And and um, so I have my mom's family's side as my last name. Um, the funny thing is, is that when me and my siblings were being born, um, you know, physically we we look a little bit more after our father. So at, my sister's the oldest, and you know, my mom started seeing this trend. And she said, you know, it looks like our kids are taking a little bit more after you on the physicality. Um, so, you know, it'd be really important to me if they had really strong Irish names, right? So there's Catherine with a Y, right? Uh, there's Sean, yeah. S-E-A-N. 
Yeah. Then there's Patrick. Okay. <laughs> then there's Liam. So Catherine, Sean, Patrick, and Liam. That's awesome. Right? You can't get any more Irish than that, nope. right? Nope. So 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 my mom succeeded um in having the strong Irish names. And yeah, man. And then when she had the names legally changed, it was super Irish with the McMorrow added to it, right? So because my grandfather was born on in that part of the world and I was able to prove it, mm. I was eligible for a UK ancestry visa. Okay. Okay. Now you're probably wondering, well, you know, you were in Belfast though, so how or whatever. Right. So now back in the day, it wasn't uncommon for Irish men to to go for like weeks at a time or months at a time to England to go work, make some money for the family, come back to Ireland. So I guess my great great grandfather, he did that where he had like a month or two no job. And it was in Newcastle upon Tyne. Newcastle is a town in, in England. Yeah. And so my grandfather was actually born because he brought his whole family when he when he worked in Newcastle. So my grandfather was actually born in Newcastle, but then they moved back to Ireland like whatever weeks later. Um, but technically he was born in England, UK. So after you know getting up his his birth certificate, going through Service Canada. Um, all the channels that you have to do to get your ancestry visa, I was able to do that. Belfast was very happy that I was able to do it because I think it made things a little bit cheaper for them. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a five-year UK ancestry visa that I got to try to get renewed, man, because I could have just stayed there and worked at McDonald's if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's awesome. I loved, the, I loved living over there, man. It was so awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I, ne I never knew that about you. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, McMorrow, Scipio is still a part of my name, um, but McMorrow, that's my, my, legally my last, last name, my mom's family. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, it's Irish. It's Irish and English, I guess you could say, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's a really cool story. Yeah, I'm a yeah. uh, fellow, fellow Irishman. So. I don't think I have been. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm Who's happy to learn that. Fellow fellow Irishman, uh, my dad's Whereabouts? name is... Whereabouts? Do you know? Uh want to say my grandma's side was from Killarney. Okay. And I don't know my grandpa's. I uh, I know that, well, my name's Tristan McGuire. And then my Very dad's good. Patrick McGuire. So my, yeah. my great grandpa was Emmett McGuire. So all Irish uh, lineage yeah, there. Man. But um, yeah. it's it's cool to cool to learn that about your last name. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no problem, buddy. For sure. Yeah. It, it, it's a nightmare when I'm renewing passports and stuff. And, and like all these like little weird things. Because there's the the change of name forum that I got to try to, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, it's cool. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's still me. It's, it's just my mom's name is not my dad's name. Right. So, but I'm very proud to be Sean McMorrow and, and uh, I'll, I'll live to be strong till the end. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> my next question is where can I get one of those shirts? Hey man, I mean, I'll send you the link. I, I, I'm going to try, I'm, I'm, you guys have hooked me up. So, so I'm going to do my best to hook you guys up. And by the way, man, I, I got, now that this topic is, is up here, I have never, and I should have been wearing it today, man, because it's so cool. Like I'm looking at, I'm looking at it right now in, in your, on your wall there. I've never gotten such cool swag that I've gotten from you guys, man. You guys, you guys gave me hats. Mm -hmm. I have a long sleeve shirt. That logo and that type of blue to me, like it's the same kind of blue as Seaside. To me, that's such a cool, cool color, man. You, it's it's a strong, strong sign you guys have there, man. And this I have our and old I have logo. Some of the apparel. Uh, what's that? That's our old logo. No, but you guys have the same colors, though, don't you? Uh, it's well, the new logo I think is black, white, and, and red. red now. Yeah. yeah, the one in the background yeah. here above my head there but yeah. the one on the wall here that's our old one but we that's still kind of use but that's the swag that i have though right because yes. we did our show it was over a year ago right well over a year ago well over a year ago yeah yeah but anyway so these t-shirts like i said man i'm like for the for the listeners uh if you go if you go on the sheriff website which is which is a link it's a view card um, which is on my Instagram bio. There's a link to the to the merchandise 
there's an app you just hit merchandise and um and and it has all the options there but for you kind gentlemen we're going to talk after the show and we're going to figure something out because it's I got my sign in the back. I don't know if you can see my butt. Or if you can see my oh, yeah, oh, you got the share of podcasting. Okay, yeah, yeah. We can see and it. Everybody this, just got a nice view this, of your so ass, This too. is, I'll explain this. So hard men is what they call the tough guys in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is, is not a hard man, not a tough guy, not an enforcer, but the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? My and brother for, Liam came up with the idea, yeah. and then he also helped with the emblem in the back. So and, I'm very thankful to Liam McMorrow, who's eight and a half inches taller than me and about 80 pounds heavier. And for our lady listeners yeah, there dude. and uh, viewers, you just got a nice view of Sean's ass there for you, too. <laughs> so that's just uh, just for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> don't say we don't do anything for you. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. <laughs> oh, hey, how fast did you grow? Because you're a big man yourself. I um I was always the biggest kid on my team. I I in Peewee, which is grade eight, um, I think I was six foot. And then I just I got like I'm six four. So yeah, I just kind of I guess did an inch every year after that, right? It's crazy type of thing. But Liam, Liam did eight inches in grade twelve. That's nuts. And, and went from a hockey player to a basketball player after high school. Yeah, so you know, we could have a whole other episode on on my brother. <laughs> my brother would be, he's a he's a superstar. Both of them, all my siblings, man, they're all superstars, man. Which we one of them was the, or which uh, one oh. not was, or maybe still is the bodyguard for the weekend, right? Yeah. One so 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 Patty, so Patty is head of security for EXO, which is the company for the weekend. So, but he's like the weekend's personal bodyguard. Yeah. So they came, they're on world tour right now, but they came to Toronto um, not too long ago. And then, so obviously, you know, he did his brotherly duties and hooked me up with some, some tickets. It was back-to-back concerts. So I went the first night, got four passes. So I was like the ultimate, the ultimate hookup for that day. Cause I was able to get the weekend tickets. Right. So um, yeah, Patty's been with them for a long time. Um, they started in Toronto and then they all moved down to LA. Like once they kind of made it. Um, so they all live in LA now. My brother moved his whole family down there and, you know, they all live in like, you know, the, the Hollywood Hills or wherever they are, man, but they struggling, eh? struggling doing so well. Right. So they just, they just keep doing cool things and oh, good for him, making man. more and more money. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And then the other brother is a seven foot professional basketball player. And, uh, I could talk for hours about for him, uh, Liam McMorrow, They're both really cool, talented individuals. I love it. So, and my sister is the coolest out of all of us. Big producer for CBC, five foot eleven, super athlete as a kid. Um, all of them, all of them are very cool people. Damn, you guys all yeah. did your thing. Oh yeah, love it. Tris, do you have do you have any? any yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I, I wanted to ask you, and I'm sure you get this a lot. That's why I was saving it for later. But uh, hey, like, who was the toughest guy you ever had to face, or maybe you never faced him? Uh, but who who do you feel was the toughest guy at the time that you were in the league. Yeah. Um, when I was, um, when I was playing in the AHL, um, I played four years for Rochester, right? So now Rochester's main, main rivals, the Syracuse crunch. Okay. Okay. So now the Syracuse always, always, always like, that's the team that John nasty Marasty ended up playing for and, they always have a super tough guy in there. Jody Shelley was there, you know, and then when I was that when I was in Rochester, there was a guy named Trevor Ettinger. And then after Trevor Ettinger, there was Brandon Sugden, Brandon Sugden, Brandon Sugden, right? For two, three, yeah. and four my yeah. season. So now Brandon Sugden was the best technical fighter I've ever fought. You could not make a mistake. Sugden was 6'4, 225. Long reach, super heavy bomb, was so technical. He just like, he was such a hard guy to fight, man. And if you were tired or anything, you better you better pop some coffees or do something, buddy. Just run around the upper echelon of the rink because you cannot make a mistake against Sugar. And he was my toughest opponent in the AHL. My the hardest I ever got hit was Mr. Rocky Thompson 
when Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rocky Thompson, it, it, I don't know what year it was, but it was the Edmonton Oilers farm team was the Toronto Roadrunners, and they were playing at the Rico Coliseum. It was before the Marlies were there. Like I don't, I don't know what year it was, but that's what was happening. And we played, we played those Toronto Roadrunners. I fought Rocky Thompson, and man, oh man, it's on YouTube. We had round one and round two. Round one, I beat him. Round two, he shaved his head, and he was ready for me, man. And he got me so good, man. He got me so good. I don't think I ever remember getting hit harder than Rocky Thompson hitting me. But um, when I went to the Quebec LNAH. Mm. At Steve Bosse, um, the guy that kept putting Morasti down. I don't know if you guys have seen those videos. They had a rivalry one year where they fought like seven or eight times. And Bosse just kept putting Johnny down. Johnny won one of them, which was great. But but, but Bosse kept putting him down. Now, Steve Bosse is a guy that played in that LNAH for his whole career. But then he became a UFC fighter. <laughs> and he actually did very well. Like he, I think like if you if you Google Steve Bosse, yeah, I think his record ended up being like seven and three or eight and four or something. Like the guy did really good, and I'm not sure if he's still fighting or not. But I was his last hockey fight before he went to the UFC, and um, he's he, he he's he had this one fight with this guy that they call one of the best fights in in that in that um. In, in that weight class, I forget the guy's name that he fought, but it's it's on a bunch of videos of the best of this year or whatever. Yeah, Steve Bosse, man, he he was he 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 had the hardest punch in that Quebec league. He actually put me down once, and um, I hit my head on the ice, and it was it was bad news for me. But um, yeah, Steve, like the the names that I mentioned, they definitely are at the top of the list. Yeah, man, that Bosse, he ended up and and just pro MMA in general. Yeah, he ended what up was it? Twelve and two. Twelve Jesus. and two. <laughs> See, guys, a heavyweight straight up well, killer. Five eleven and two twenty five. Yeah. Oh, heavyweight. Okay, oh so God. check this out with this Bosse guy. So he's a legend in Quebec. Okay, Steve Bosse. Yeah. Um, he's from Saint Jean sur Richelieu, <laughs> and. His dad was like a lumberjack, like in in the woods, like like in a big like Saint Jean is like a big wooded area, go back and and so Bosse grew up like just chopping wood and just like really blue collar, like you know what I mean, like out in the rain and snow all day cutting wood and, and then I guess when he came to his first training camp in that it was the, it was before the LNH where it was just the Quebec Senior League, he came to like Verdun's training camp or something. And, and I guess, like, he didn't even know, like, which way he shot. Like, shoot left or shoot right. He just came to fight. Like, Jesus. I, I come to fight. Like, <laughs> you imagine? And he's like, the guy's like a killer, man. He's like, like he fights. He's like, just like, just like, like it's a jackhammer. Like, yeah. Jackhammer. <laughs> Holy God. Sounds like a complete psychopath <laughs> when he plays. <laughs> yeah, man. He's, he, um, and then the other thing is, is like, the teams that he played for, like the Chiefs and all those guys, they have owners that are like insane, right? So the owners will be the, like they'll be living their lives through like the tough guys of the team, and they'll just like have a grudge on a player. They'll put a bounty on his head, and then they'll put like an envelope with like two grand in, in like a stall, and be like, "McMorrow's head is yours. You get McMorrow tonight." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it, it works like that over there, man. And back in the day, it was crazy. Like now, it's really toned down. Mm. Oh, wow, God. <laughs> that's such. Those are such but yeah, cool bossy, stories, man. A lumberjack. Imagine being a lumberjack, just chopping wood your whole life, and then you're just like, you know what? I want to fight for my town. I don't want to cut wood anymore. <laughs> that's crazy, though, man. The guy's just doing wood all the time. Me, I'm like, oh, it's liver. You know what I mean? And he's on the better fucking yeah. chopping wood all fucking yeah. day. Jesus, that's insane, dude. Yeah, man. Insane. Tris, come on. I know you have more for him. I know you've been. Do you have any more for him? Well, you know, I'm pretty tapped, Ant. How oh, about beautiful. you? Beautiful. Dude, Sean, as always, it's always awesome having you here, man. Seriously, I love following you. Love just, you know, your show, how much you've done for just hockey in general, man. Um, you you know, obviously you're welcome here anytime and like like I said, love you, bro, and can't wait to talk again. 
I appreciate it, man. I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I know we probably went way over because ah. I'm a yap, 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 yap talker, right? But um, thanks for having me on, guys. This, hey, we talked about it during the show. This was therapy for me, man. Mm. This, this is therapy. This, this dual thing that you guys have here, it's cool. I haven't done a show like this in a little while. So this, this little camaraderie that we had here, man, I really appreciate it. And, and I, 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 I'd love to come back on at any time. But I'm going to be in contact with you guys because there's a bunch of things that I got on the go. I'm just so unorganized. It's so hard to get it together. But but I'd, like, I'd love for you guys to be a part of a couple projects that I have going on. I'll contact you guys after the show. Mm-hmm. And I love what you guys are doing, man. Keep up the great work. Thank yeah, you. thank you, Sean. And I, I want to say uh, thank you from not only like just myself, but uh, from everyone who's listening for the gift you provided us with, uh, just with your knowledge and telling us about a bit of your story and uh, mainly mainly outside of hockey, but also how you've integrated yourself with that. And uh, just thank you for uh, shedding light on that and being true to who you are still, not not letting a pro, a pro mindset get to yourself. You've really kept yourself down to earth, and I love that about you. Thanks, buddy. My 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 confidence is, is sky high now, guys. So I, I think I, I think I'm gonna go out and buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> um, real quick, can you tell everybody how they can listen to your show? Your yeah, yes, um, of course. Thank you so much, buddy. So um, so my show is called the Sheriff Podcast. Uh, we are on every platform. We do have a YouTube channel, the Sheriff Podcast. We are on Instagram as the Sheriff Podcast, as well as Twitter and Facebook. So um, we're, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, anywhere that you can find your podcasts. And, of course, our YouTube channel, The Sheriff Podcast. Thank you so much, guys. So, everybody, make sure you add, add him up, hit him yep. up, listen to his show. It's 100%. fantastic. Sean, once again, thanks, brother. Thanks, Thank guys. You, sir.